I know you have heard this before. Work smarter, not harder. Ford has heard it too. That's why the Ford F-150 truck helps you get the job done in the smartest way possible. I mean, the pro-access tailgate alone is a game changer. It improves access to the bed and cargo, which makes it easier to load in tight spaces. See? Smarter. It's also got a mobile power source and pro power on board, so you can power up to 7.2 kilowatts outside your F-150 truck. That is definitely working smarter. And imagine what you can do with that power at your next tailgate party. Tough this smart can only be called F-150. Find your local Ford dealer at Ford.com. Pro access tailgate available starting spring 2024. See owner's manual for important operating instructions. This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Plus, auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Quote now at Progressive.com to see if you could save. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates, national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Talk is Jericho. Welcome to Talk is Jericho. It's the pot of thunder and rock and roll. And we got some rock and roll back here today as Corey Taylor makes his third appearance on Talk is Jericho. He's about to release his fourth book, America 51, on August 8th. Uh, coincidentally, I'm almost about to release my fourth book as well. Mine is called No is a Four-Letter Word, coming out August 29th. You got to pre-order it now at Amazon.com. That's Amazon.com and go type in no is a four-letter word and go type in America 51. Corey's going to tell us why he decided to tackle politics for his fourth book. He's always such a controversial writer. And of course, we're going to talk about the brand new Stone Sour record, Hydrograd. The crazy new video they just shot for Fabulous with the uh, wild and wacky tube men in the audience. If you haven't seen it, you got to check up YouTube. It's really funny. Uh, we've also got a, a great conversation talking about the new record, talking about uh, pro wrestling, talking about uh, everything under the sun. Corey is a very, uh, very vocal guy. He's a lot of fun to chat with, and he is here today to chat with us. Uh, plus, uh, we got some uh, other news including some ddp news to share with you diamond dallas page is still so fired up about his wwe hall of fame induction that he's extended the celebration with a ddp uk tour that's right dallas is coming back to the uk he's bringing his inspirational conversation and q a sessions to glasgow manchester birmingham and london september 2nd and 3rd he'll also be signing autographs taking selfies hosting his famous ddp yoga workshops it's inspiration meets perspiration and you can get your tickets at ddp ddpuktour.com that's ddpuktour.com and if ddp is not going to be near you anytime soon do what i did and get the ddp yoga now app so you can do ddp yoga whenever and wherever you want the ddp's got nutrition tips recipes cooking tips to get you on a healthier eating plan and tools to track your progress ddp has thought of everything with this app right now ddp's giving you 20 percent off his killer program just go to ddpyoga.com slash jericho to take advantage of this great deal and while you're there take advantage of the fire cell he's having all clothing 
50% off. And DDP Yoga really is more than just a workout program. It's a healthier way to live. Like I said, the app lets you do the workouts anytime, anywhere, any place, right from your smartphone or tablet. And take advantage of the 20% off. That's 20% off the app and all DDP Yoga rated merch at ddpyoga.com slash Jericho. That's 20% off the DDP Yoga Now app and all related merch at ddpyoga.com slash Jericho, including hats, t-shirts, yoga mats, heart monitors, so much more. Go to ddpyoga.com slash Jericho. That's ddpyoga.com slash Jericho. And don't forget, inspiration meets perspiration, ddpuktour.com, DDP live in Glasgow, Manchester, Birmingham, London. Go check out those tickets. Get in the best shape of your life mentally and physically and do it now. Frankin' chicken, he's a bad mother clucker. Frankin' chicken, Frankin' chicken, he's a bad mother clucker. Frankin' chicken, After doing this for uh, three years, I still screw up sometimes. I know, right? and yeah, press the wrong buttons, right? <laughs> and it's funny too. Uh, I have the Zoom recorder, and I always plug it into the wall. Yeah. But I left the cord at the like a dressing room oh, two right. weeks ago. So now I'm doing it on batteries. Yeah. And I just had Phil call the other day, and as I was talking, the battery went down to like one yeah. bar. And I was like, <laughs> if this thing goes out while I'm talking to him, I don't know what I'm going to do. So I use new batteries. I've got all figured out. Yeah, here. I yeah, I'm the same way, dude. Like I said, I'm constantly like staring at it. Like <laughs> yeah, you that, have that- to starts blinking i'm like god damn it you it will still bite you i've had ass. it cut me off like twice really <laughs> because i just start talking with, with who no oh, just, just by me gotcha. yeah just me so thank god for that but yeah oh it was panic inducing dude it was so funny oh yeah yeah i was at uh paul stanley's house actually he's the second time I had him on, and I was trying to get this thing to work. Yeah, yeah. And it just kept going like like the rotating circle. <laughs> yeah. And Paul's sitting there, and I'm like, just give me three more seconds. Yeah. He's like, okay. <laughs> and it's like two minutes, three minutes. I'm like, he's just going to get up and leave. Yeah, he's going to kick right. me out. But oh. so, but for the third time, yes. Corey Taylor is back on uh, on Talk is Jericho. <laughs> and I still uh, get uh, comments about Frankenchicken. Really? Yeah. So good to that to this day. It's still one of the most awesome yet surreal moments of my life. Just have you gotten any more of those freak show wrestling? Never in town, but you know what? Uh, Sin hits me up all the time. Yeah, like he hits me up. He's like, "Are you in town?" I'm like, "No." Uh-huh. Like so, yeah. I definitely want to get down there and see another uh, another uh, freak show wrestling show. It's he's, so good. He's such man. a hustler. Sin he's as well, so yeah. rad, dude. Yeah. Like just. Like his shows are so weird. We were talking about the freak show wrestling that Corey went to with all these weird characters. I think the last one I saw was the ghost of Michael Jackson <laughs> versus the ghost of Whitney Houston. <laughs> oh, dude, it's so weird. You're just like, what the? Like you put that on the card? Yeah. Like that was? That's it. And some guy all right, dressed like Michael Jackson. He's fighting Whitney Houston. I'll, I'll show like, up. I'll see it. It's cool. <laughs> but last year you did something uh, with uh, with with NXT. Wrestling yeah, I did. Yeah. In download. Tell me about that. We were at Aftershock. Oh, and, Aftershock. Uh, yeah, right. yeah. No, we were at Aftershock, and and uh, you know our our mutual friend Tom, mm-hmm. um, aka well, aka uh, Baron Corbin, hit me up and was like, "Dude, you want to do something?" I was like, "Yeah, I want to do something." <laughs> And, uh, dude, it, I was just trying so hard not to mark out on everybody. And just everyone who worked there was just like, they were, first of all, they were very cool. And they were coming up to me, taking pictures and mm-hmm. shit. And I was just like, that's it, 
<laughs> got in. I did it. You know, it was this whole angle. Like, we were talking shit on each other leading up to Aftershock. Like, I was closing the show with Slipknot, and yet he was going to close the show at the, you know, the, the house show. And I was yeah, like, yeah. all right, cool. All right. So we're smacking each other. Court Graves was in on it. And, and then we get to the show, and they set me in the front, right? And he's ripping me, and he's working with Joe, Samoa Joe. Oh, okay. So... He, you know, he bails from the ring, rolls out, and kind of comes up, and he's talking to me, and and dude, I, I had to smack the f out of him, and like, and he's such a tall dude. I'm not a tall guy, so I kind of had to come up on it, right? <laughs> jump up like, on your toes, yeah, exactly. And he goes, he goes, look, just don't hit me in the ear, and just, just, just if you got to hit me in the neck, and I was like, dude, I'll get your cheek. I just, I just got to. And make sure I come like I couldn't come down on it, <laughs> right? So I had to come up on it. And dude, I oh dude, the video—it's so I didn't realize I hit him that hard. And, and then Samoa, he rolls out, he grabs him for the big win. And then Samoa came out, raised my hand. I was like, "This is f-ing awesome!" <laughs> like losing my shit. We came backstage, dude, and, and me and Panther like kids dude we're like that was great <laughs> so yeah man that was my that was my big moment your moment in yeah, wrestling was, i was like oh because i remember it was like you want to do a match i was like what are you f-ing nuts no <laughs> <laughs> you could do a match though. no no no, <laughs> no, no don't do i could do a match like jay leno could do a match with hogan <laughs> you know like just because I remember uh, years ago when we were having the, the guest host on Raw, you, you called me and was like, can we do something on Raw? Oh, yeah, man. Yeah. And I, I told them, but they're so crazy sometimes. I was like, you know, Corey from Slipknot wants to do something. Like, well, we'll look into it and see. And it's like, look, like what's to look into? Right, exactly. You'll have John Lovitz host Raw. <laughs> But you won't have Slipknot? Well, I mean, in his defense, he does have higher cue points than I do. I mean, it is what it is. And then this year, something that nobody knows is that you and I spoke about it, that uh, one of the ideas initially was for uh, some a band to play me to the ring at yeah, WrestleMania. Yeah. And my first suggestion was Stone Sour. Yeah, we worked really hard on it. I, I did think you ever, it just did came they actually, down. actually call you and stuff? Yeah, yeah. I mean, we were, uh, my manager was working with, uh, with WWE. Neil. I mean, yeah, wow, it was... Yeah. It was all coming down to um, like budget and all this right. stuff, and I think at the last minute they just decided that they weren't going to do any live yeah. music. So yeah. it was, I mean, but they were, they're definitely keeping us in in you know in in mind for like future stuff, which I'm like, I thought that know? could be cool. Yeah, the last I yeah, heard man. of it was that Vince decided he didn't want to have anybody play yeah, yeah. down to the ring because they had whoever it was singing the national anthem or whatever, yeah. and that was about it. But yeah, yeah, it would have been. Right, like I was, dude. I was so stoked. Like I was telling everybody, it's like we gotta go. And at one point, we were talking about dressing as our favorite wrestlers as well. <laughs> I was gonna come out in full Roddy, man. Like oh, you nice. know, the, the hot rod shirt, yeah. the kilt, just lay it down, you know. Right, right. And they were like, "Well, you know, we don't want you to make fun." I was like, "This isn't about making fun, dude. We're fans." This is so, homage, yeah. yeah. So it was. It was. Who, very who cool. are the other guys in the band gonna be? I think. I think Josh was gonna do Stone Cold because he's the only bald. He's bald, guy. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, uh, I think Chow was gonna do Luke Harper because he looks. Just he looks just like, like him. him. Just like him, dude. We've been talking about doing a weird little like video, but getting all like the wrestler action figures that look like us and like doing it like a stop action kind oh, of that's thing. cool. He looks just like Luke. It's he, so cool. He, uh, I believe, is it Rochester or Buffalo that he's from? Buffalo, yeah. Yeah, so yeah. he came to the show in Buffalo. I got him tickets. Yeah, yeah. And I introduced him to Harper. Oh, it was did like, he really? It was like Big Me and Mini Me. Right, exactly. He looked the same guy, right? You could almost do like a Hulk and Bruce Banner thing. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly. <laughs> so that's a good one. Then what yeah, we- man. Uh, Tooch. I think we were going to do Tooch as one of the nasty boys because he's got the, you know, he's got the hair and he yeah. was the punk dude. 
Roy was going to be, oh, I think Roy wanted to be Lou Albano. He was going to get, he was going to get the, <laughs> the rubber bands and shit. That would have been genius. <laughs> that would have been great. Yeah, yeah. So good. Yeah. Well, it was almost happened. So maybe, maybe in the future. Maybe in happen. the future, yeah. man. Yeah. We were so, like, we were really stoked. And I was, I was pretty bummed that we couldn't do it. But at the same time, just to be, just that we were considered all the way up to that, man, was, I mean, it was pretty cool. What's well, the fact that you're such a huge fan, too. Oh, yeah. You know, it's something dude. you would really appreciate. Absolutely. Do you still watch a lot when you're on tour? I try or? to, yeah. It's been like it, the last last few months have been pretty crazy. I can't believe they put like the belts on right now. It's insane. Who, it's so cool. And on who? Well, the, the Orton dropped it to yeah, uh, to Jinder. Yeah, Jinder. Yeah. yeah, I was like, that's pretty f- rad to be honest. Like out of nowhere, and everybody, dude, the shock wave was like people were. I had, I had my buddies at home, Stubbs, call me up. He's like, did you f- see what they did? I was like, no. And I went on. I was like, holy shit. That's huge, though, man. Well, it was so amazing just to see, like, um, I think two or three weeks before he lost to Finn in, like, a minute. On yeah, Raw. yeah. Then yeah. he gets traded to SmackDown. He wins the number one contender, and then he wins the title. Yeah, it's like, it just shows yeah. how quickly things can switch. Exactly, man. You know? I, which is, I mean, it's pretty good, man. There's so many, there's good storylines going on right now. I love that Finn. Now, Finn's kind of, he's healing right now, right? I mean, I'm not sure. He's kind of in the middle. He's in the middle, yeah. I think but, they might put him up against Brock, maybe. Which which would be weird. Interesting. As the, as the demon. Yeah. The demon yeah. character. Which, I mean, could be interesting i mean yeah. that could be a really good match um yeah it's it's some good shit going on do you watch now. nxt as well i try to mm-hmm. yeah i mean it's I, I i've let my membership lapse twice it's <laughs> so <laughs> sad so i'm like gotta sign back up and i keep getting the email you mean your you know, ne- like, network you know you haven't been on the network in a while i'm like son of a bitch <laughs> for like, nine i'm on some of these shows <laughs> So stupid. That's right. Shouldn't you get a free membership now? Well, at least half price. Yeah, I yeah. Mean, it should know. be a four ninety nine. Good shit. Yeah, yeah. You know? Come, on, like, man. come on, man. It's good for them, right? Exactly. exactly. Who do you like in NXT that you think can be a, a big star? God, man, I don't even know who's in NXT. Oh. They keep moving up. Yeah, yeah. A lot of guys have moved uh, up. Is it Shinsuke? Is for, uh, Shinsuke just yeah. came up? Yeah, he just, just came, came up. up. So yeah, so he I mean, was down he's going to be really, really yeah. good. He's got great, uh, just natural charisma. Yeah. And in the ring, he doesn't do a lot, but it's all meaningful. Exactly. Like, and good, he, yeah. he's just one of those players, man. I think now that he's come up, he's going to do, he's going to start to really kind of come into his own and really kind of start to, like, physically try different things, you know? He reminds me a lot of, like, Jake. Jake the Snake, like when he was, you know, because Jake was just all eyes, man. Like he could just look at you and just be like, well, I'm not fucking with, he wasn't the biggest dude, but he was the baddest dude, you know? So I could see that with him. The character and the psychology of what he had. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? And, that, and that's this real secret of wrestling. And like you said too, like Ashinsky getting that confidence, it's like being in a band. And exactly. Singing. When yeah. you have that confidence nobody can touch you when you have that confidence it doesn't matter what's going on behind the scenes it doesn't matter what's going on anywhere else it's all about the show that's right and you will never see anyone have a bad show because Mm -hmm. it's like hey you know what shit happens right this is special this is for you and that's all that matters roll with it you know exactly exactly it happens i think uh, two days ago rocklahoma maybe you know the show starts I go to sing and there's no ears. You wear inner ears and oh, for whatever yeah, reason, yeah, yeah. festivals, you know I've how it is. Yeah. But guess what? Once the train leaves the station, you better, you better <laughs> you're take, going to where your destination yeah, is. You take yeah. that ear out, you find the sweet yep. spot old school on stage and exactly. you just start rocking. You know? I just had that the other night. Did you? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. We've been fighting our packs for God, like a couple of shows and we're finally, we're going to switch them out, but we had to just kind of get through these, these, these last couple shows. But yeah, I've turned it on and all of a sudden there was no vocals. I was like, ah, 
<laughs> shit. So I just pulled them and I was like, shit, you know? Because yeah. I mean, I, you know, I spent you know, 10 years off sure. on, on just working off, honestly, not even working off monitors, working off the mains wow. and just feeling the room, yeah. you know? Yeah. So when you do that, you know how it is. It trains you to be able to know where to go. You talk about the sweet spot. Yeah. It's just about, let's, okay, don't feed back and don't find a spot where all you hear is guitar, you know? Right. That's right. Because <laughs> that, that's it. Every stage will have the, exactly. the sweet spot. What we're talking about is, is there'll be a spot where you can hear your vocal nicely. Yeah. You might not be able to move two inches to the left or the right for the rest of the gig. Yeah. Yeah, but that's where you got to sing. That's where you come to when yeah. you have to work, and that's then everything right. else is running. You know? <laughs> that's exactly right. But that's interesting. Like you said, a lot of I'm sure a lot of younger bands would not know what to do. Oh yeah, they, but they when you panic. grew up through the system like we did, exactly. playing these shitty little clubs, you know, that's just go into old school mode. And it's such a weird generational gap too, man. Like you, like you talk to kids like that, and they're like, they're just honestly stunned. They're like, how did you work? And I'm like, well, you just work. What do you do? stop the show you know it's like you just get on with it and that's why i mean one of the things that like when i talk to younger bands or i even when i've done uh like uh speaking gigs at like some of the musical yeah yeah spoken word stuff stuff. yeah yeah and they ask and the thing i get asked is like what would you tell the next generation i was like get in front of a audience and do it for real don't youtube it don't vine it which you know i mean not even a thing anymore (laughs) but do it get get out in front of a audience and do and learn to do it you know it's the same thing with wrestling man get in front of an audience you can only practice so much before you have to apply it in that situation and if you don't you're just setting yourself up for a very sterile very clinical very honestly flat experience when you go in front of an audience whereas if you just get out there and you allow yourself that room to make mistakes to learn the craft to cut your teeth mm-hmm. you're going to have you're going to learn how to think on your feet and never find yourself in a situation where you don't know what to do right 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 i, I was uh, in a in a band in high school with a guy he was a great guitar player but he would never wanted to play shows cuz yeah. we're not ready yeah. well how are we ever going to get ready if you don't f- get out we, there. we have the we won't sound good well that's how you that's learn how you to learn. sound good. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know? And it's, it's still, and he's still to this day a great guitar player, but has never been really in a band. quite a few you, like sure you know that. those guys, yeah, right? Yeah. yeah. They're excellent, but they're just, they're excellent in their room. And maybe that's enough for them, you yeah. know? I mean, yeah, you're sometimes, right. I mean, there's, there's something to be said about the pleasure that you get just from playing a guitar by yourself and the pleasure that you get from being in front of a live audience, you know? Like, and Josh Rand is a perfect example of this. He was that guy. Like, he didn't play his first show until he joined Stone Sour. Wow. And we, like, he just, he was just that guy that just loved writing music, loved playing guitar, loved jamming with people, but he just, he never, he just didn't know what he was missing. And then we played our first show and just, you want to talk about throwing some shit at the attic. <laughs> he is a monster now. Dude. He's just like, we got to play like so into it you know and it's one of those things where you just sometimes you just never know what you're missing until you get in front of that and you're just like wow Mm. this is palpable this is good you know yeah yeah. all right there are some seriously talented luchadors in aew and not all of them speak english which can make putting together matches a little challenging sometimes that's why i signed up for rosetta stone i'm learning spanish amigos amigas see already learning haha rosetta stone is the most trusted language learning program. You don't even have to learn Spanish, though, because Rosetta Stone has 25 languages, including French, German, Korean, Arabic, and Polish, and Japanese. That's what I'm going to do next. I spent a lot of time in Japan, and I still work with a lot of Japanese wrestlers at AEW, like Takeshita. So having a better handle on the language will definitely show in the ring. Communication is key. 
And learning Spanish on Rosetta Stone has been so fun and easy. They've got this true accent feature that gives you feedback on how well you're pronouncing words, sort of like having a personal trainer for your accent. I'm using the app, but you can also do the lessons on desktop or laptop. I also like that I can download the lessons and do them offline, which is perfect for a plane. I can sit there on a flight and work on my Espanol. So don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Talk is Jericho listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash Jericho. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash Jericho today. That's rosettastone.com slash Jericho. Do it today. Talk is Jericho. Let me ask you this. So, so you have a, a duality, no pun intended, as I do, yeah. where, you know, Fozzie took 2016 off, so it was all WWE. It was a yeah. great run. Always knew in May of 17 that it was Fozzie time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It took me a couple weeks to get out of wrestling mindset into Fozzie mindset. How was it for you when you jumped from Stone, uh, from Slipknot to Stone Sour? It's, it's interesting. Um it's kind of the same way, man. Like it's, and especially because I mean, Slipknot's such a dark place, you know. Absolutely. And Stone Sour, so, uh, so much more positive. Positive. Happy, yeah. It's yeah. It's it's a party, man. Like it's. Like, I always said Stone Sour's the party, and Slipknot's the hangover. You know? It really <laughs> is in a lot of ways. That's good. Um, it it takes a second, you know, and that's why I gave myself um about three months between the end of. Uh, the Slipknot run and the start of going into the studio with Stone Sour. Not only to just kind of spend time with my family, but also to kind of wrap my head around, you know, where I was going, you know, because it's the reason that sometimes there's bleed over is because, I mean, the end of Slipknot would butt right up against the beginning of Stone Sour. And I'd go into making an album with that kind of mindset, and I'd just like, well, I'm not, I'm not feeling it. And it would take me a little time to kind of, I'd, I'd have to go back and like recut vocals and shit just to kind of mm. bring that life back, you know. So, but with this, I knew exactly what I wanted to do right, right from the start, you know. You mean for this record? Yeah, or? for okay. this record. So it was good for me to really kind of take time and, and take a second. Plus, physically, I needed it. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I mean, it was, it took a second for me to kind of, to, to make that switch. But once I did, man, f- it was all good. So what did you said? You knew what you wanted to do. What did you want to do? Vocally? I mean, musically it, it was, I mean, it was f- night and day, you know, we wanted that, God, that old school passion from like rock and roll that you would get from like ACDC, Van Halen, mm-hmm. you know, like older, like older Metallica where it was like heavy, but it, it was in your face, but it was like, yeah, you know, that, that energy, you know, and that's what we wanted with this, you know? So I needed time to kind of reset everything and open up again, you know, because I mean, going into Slipknot is such a gnarly headspace for me that it's easy for me to slip into depressions and shit when, when I'm doing it. And then coming off the road, you have to give yourself time to kind of like depressurize and, 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 uh, and luckily I've got these weirdos to help me do that. There's such guys dorks. in your band. We're yeah. all such dorks, man. <laughs> And then that really kind of carried over into the recording experience. So really, once, once we went in, it was so much easier for me to just kind of click that switch and be like, okay, here we go. This is going to be great. You know, it's funny. I was watching uh, I follow you on Instagram, and you do such wacky, weird stuff. <laughs> yeah. Like you had something with a thumb or something. Oh, the thumb cats. Thumb yeah. cats. <laughs> <laughs> Talk about the thumb cats. So thumb cats. Honestly, this happened... <laughs> 
God, like a year and a half ago, me and Tooch, um, it was actually before, uh, it was right before I had my surgery, me and, uh, me and Tooch were over in London. Uh, I, was doing a, uh, I was doing an acoustic gig at Coco, which is a really cool old school club. And Tooch came with me to just kind of do whatever. And uh, I, we, we were so jet lagged. We just, I, out of our minds. But we were trying to get on like the right schedule and shit. You know how it is yeah. where you're just kind of wandering around, but you feel like you're underwater. I feel like you're drunk. He and I are out of our shit, right? Just goofy and making, our, making, our, making each other laugh and shit. And we were hanging with poor Jenny Douglas, who was our handler at the time. <laughs> and we were going to, we were walking to a theater to see, uh, I think it was Captain America Civil War. So this tells you, like, this is where I was like dying. I was like, we gotta fucking go see it. We gotta go see it. So we're walking through, I, wanted, I think it was Hyde Park. And we, we have this thing that we do, which is called the 808. And we just kind of, just this intense face and the, the thumbs up, thumbs you up, know. Man. And that slowly morphed into thumb cats, which was this brilliant idea. <laughs> That we yeah, we were just like we're gonna mon- we're, how do we monetize this this thumbs up? Well, what if we drew a, a shitty cat on our thumb? It's, thumb cuts and just became this dumb. And then we were doing it in the studio, and the fans just took it and made it something really funny, you know. And I to this day I've saved all of these weird snapshots of all of these thumb cats. So now, and this is so true. We have these temporary tattoo things that we're doing with Stone Sour, and one is a shitty drawn thumb cat that I drew <laughs> on a napkin and handed to the head of the merch company. I said, "This is our thumb cat. Don't fuck it up." <laughs> and watch it'll it'll get over. It'll blow it'll up. And I'm over. like, "This is," the, and it all came from me and Tooch just being so f- spun. That we didn't know where we were going. <laughs> well, Just take so that. Weird. I was watching Thumbcast. And I was like, I got to do something like that. And I was at Chipotle, so I created Burrito Boy, where he just eats a burrito and says, like, I'm Burrito Boy. Look at my burrito. And I put it up. I got like 200,000 views. Right. And we love Burrito Boy. And I'm like, I'm, maybe I'll make a Burrito Boy shirt. Well, there you go. There you go. Right? Burrito Boy versus Thumbcats coming oh, soon. Oh, that'll be fun. my Thumbcats. We'll see. <laughs> We'll we'll sell it to Sinbodi and we'll do a show. <laughs> Call back. Here we go. <laughs> so let's talk about about uh, Hydrograd, which, yeah. by the way, very cool title. I don't cool. know what it means. It doesn't mean shit. Okay, <laughs> I don't know if it's some kind of like a weed thing. Or... So no, it was uh, okay. It doesn't so mean shit. It doesn't. I was running through. A, okay, you know. You've flown. You know some of the uh, the older Eastern European airports yes. are, how we say, antiquated. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm running, and I can't even remember which airport it was. I was running. I was late. I was, gonna, I, was, I was trying not to miss my flight. And I'm looking up, and the gate info was on all these, like, old 80s digital Timex, you know, the <laughs> yeah. block number yeah. letter. Not only was it cycling through different languages, it was cycling through Cyrillic and regular alphabets. So I'm like, oh, God, where's my key? And I ran by one, and my brain saw the word Hydrograd. And I went, where the f*** is that? And I started kind of obsessing about it. For I stopped, and I went, I got to f- know. And I walked back, and it wasn't even close. Didn't even start with an H. Like, it was like Milan or something. And I just kind of went, 
Oh, good, good. And I walked away, and I was like, oh, I better catch my flight. Well, that's kind of a cool name. And it stuck with me. And it came time to do this album, and I had named one of the songs, Hydrograd, that I had written. And I said, that's kind of a cool name for the album. So it was kind of that. Like, and it, it's, that's kind of the overall vibe of the album too it's like it doesn't mean shit but it feels cool it feels right know? sounds yeah. cool yeah it sounds cool i interviewed adrian smith um a few years ago and he had a, a it was called primal rock rebellion it was like a side project he was oh, doing yeah 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 and i said what's your favorite song and he went brides of fire and i went brides of fire he said no brides of fire brides of fire no bright as a fire <laughs> But I thought Brides of Fire, Brides of Fire on the last Fozzie record, yeah, there's a there song called Brides of Fire. <laughs> That's where it came from. Nice. <laughs> there you go, Brides of Fire. So, um, and the funny thing with Hydrograd was a lot of different people were telling me, wait to hear this record. Oh, yeah. Jay Rustin told me that. Oh, oh, I nice. think uh, uh, Sticks from Steel Panther told me oh, that. Yeah. The word was getting around about yeah, this record. Man. And that's a pretty cool thing to have before it's even come out. We had people come in while we were making the album, even before some of the songs were finished, and they were just freaking out, man. So we were like, we, we realized we had something special. I mean, even, I mean, especially people who have no real vested interest in, in anything, but they were walking away going, holy shit, man. So that, that got us excited, you know? And it, it added to, the, to the, the fire that we were playing with, man. Like, we were in, I mean, we, we tracked almost everything live, I mean, with no click, no grid, wow. no nothing. We did it old like school. Like all, all guys in the room at All once? of us in the room. That's you cool. know, If I wasn't playing guitar, I was in the vocal booth, you know, like singing along. And we would just capture this, this energy, man. Like it was just, it was one of the best experiences we've ever had. Like it was so dope. And it, there was a part of us that was pretty stoked about the fact is like there's only maybe a handful of bands on the planet that could do what we're oh, doing absolutely. right now. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. So it, for us, in a way... It was a cool way to kind of prove that it can be done, and it was a cool way for us to kind of prove to ourselves that we had the talent and we had the chops and and we had the songs, you know. So it was it was really cool. That's interesting because I know that Iron Maiden does the records that yeah, way. And yeah. I can't think of many other bands that do, you know. It's I, and I don't know why, man. Maybe the Stones, maybe. Maybe I mean that would I mean that would make sense. They've got that natural groove that you could you definitely would lend itself to that. I think a lot of it comes down to the fact that maybe people are just so used to doing it a yeah, certain way yeah. now. Whereas before, you know, when you had two-inch tape, that's what you did, you know. Um, you'd have some weird Casio, you know, meter going on in the background, or <laughs> you just kind of did it, right? right? And now it's, the, it's almost the opposite. People are so used to the grid. And I, I can't remember, if it, I think Josh put it this way. He's like, people listen with their eyes now. Mm. instead of their ears because wow. they're so like locked into w- looking at pro tools and making sure it all lines Great up point. and i was like that's f- brilliant you know and i can't take credit for that that was all josh rand and it really made me start thinking about it i was like he's right and that's one of the, one of the reasons why so many bands lose that groove that loose i call it ass that's in the the music mm. you know just putting that ass in it and that's why we did like that's that's one of the reasons why we did it out there. And we would uh, when we would you know recut the guitars and shit, we would turn all the monitors off. It's like don't f- look at it. Mm. You know, Jay would have one that he would look at, mm. and we just played all by feel, man. And it just it came out so 
like tight in a weird way where it was like we it just it has that live feel Mm. you know i cannot wait for people to hear this if somebody makes a mistake do you just punch in that note for example if you have basically yeah yeah. i mean it was you know the drums are all live you know we we took that like the two or three passes maybe maybe and roy was so on it it didn't even matter and then chow for the most part would we would keep his live bass too because he was so locked in with those passes maybe punch a couple of different things mm-hmm. the guitars we would leave the meat of the 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 rhythm that we played with but then you know add on to that and then play and then add you know the little ear candy and shit i would come in the next day and sing and song done i mean and we did a song a day we did 19 songs inside a month wow it was insane. the thing is too though by playing them like that it's like that's almost like your rehearsal for a tour too. exactly yeah, and we had, and that's how, and honestly, it's the way we did the demos was mm. live at Roy's in Roy's garage, you know. <laughs> so in a way, that kind of prepared us too for knowing what it was going to sound like naturally, and then knowing what we wanted to try and do, like when we went in the studio. Because there's so many songs that you that you do, and you record it, but you never play it live. Yeah. Or like for example, like for Judas for this tour, we had to get you know you have to go rehearse because we've never played it live. Right. We did their parts. Yeah, yeah. But you got to lock it in, so you guys have kind of. Killed two birds with one stone. Yeah, and we and it's and it's really came off, man. It, it takes a lot of that early kind of learning jitters out of it, you know. Like Fabulous and Song Three, those are the songs that we're kind of doing live right now. And uh, it's our drum tech. Yeah. And and it's effortless. Like there wasn't even any real learning curve, man. This is like we're so used to playing this that you know just just put it in front of an audience, you know. At Bet Three Six Five, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Talk is Jericho. Let's talk a little bit about the, the, how Stone Sour came to be, because obviously you, you made your name with Slipknot, one of the biggest yeah. bands on the planet. And then, gosh, it seems like it might have been 10 years ago now at this point or something where I hear, oh, yeah, Corey's got another band called Stone Sour. Well, that's interesting. <laughs> where, 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 did, where did that come from? Well, Stone Sour was the band I was in before I joined Slipknot. Oh, no kidding. Yeah, okay. I, joined, I joined in 92, or I, I started Stone Sour in 92, and then I left in 97 to join Slipknot. Gotcha. And... Then, I mean, it, so we were doing Slipknot for about four or five years. I mean, they were a band before I was in. Um, and Slipknot was. Slipknot yes. was, yeah. And we actually did shows together, Stone Sour okay. and Slipknot, which was really cool. Um, and, and we all knew each other in the scene, you know, so we were all friends and shit. On the farm? Yeah, yeah basically, yes. <laughs> yes, play, playing the farm circuit. <laughs> and, uh, but, you know, around... 2001-ish, 2000, you know, right around in that area, I was starting to kind of, like, need to do other stuff, you know, because Slipknot was awesome, but I just musically couldn't keep up with the guitar players. Like, I just I, I just have a certain way that I write, and it did, at the time, God. didn't really vibe with, with Slipknot. They were so good at it, I was like, well, I'm not going to try and keep up with that you know and in those two the first two albums i wrote one riff which you know was pretty cool but it was still one riff i wrote all the lyrics but it was it you know there was just more i wanted to do me and josh 
we've known each other since we were 15. And we have always written music together. And Stone Sour kind of came back because of that project that he and I were doing. We played some demos for, at the time, the head of A&R at Roadrunner. And they were like, he was like, this is really cool. Put a band together and let's see what happens. And that was really it. I mean, we if we'd had our way, we wouldn't even use the name Stone Sour because we had like four other names before we even went to Stone Sour because nobody wanted it. You know, like, no, it's like, what are the names did you have? Well, Super Ego was the original. Okay. Project X actually was the first hit. That was taken. Super Ego was one. That was taken. Closure was one. That was taken. I was like, Closure? Like, I I hate that name. (laughs) Why is that taken? Um, And there was another one. And finally, I was like, when that one was taken, I can't remember what the other one was. Yeah. It was so fucking stupid. And I finally called everybody. I was like, God damn it. Listen, listen. It's stone, it's stone Sour, guys. It's made up of ex-members of Stone Sour. We're playing Stone Sour songs from before I left to join Slipknot. Call it what it is. Plus, nobody gives a shit about this name. But once we did it, everything took off. Like Once we took that name, we... Like the, the we were able to put the album out because the album was done. Album was recorded. I had actually done Bother, and I had to put it under my name on the Spider Man soundtrack because we didn't have a name. Oh wow! Yeah, it was crazy, man. And uh, so yeah, so that's why that's credited under me, and then ended up being on the Stone Sour. Album. Okay. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, once we just accepted fate, it was you know the rest was. <laughs> History. Like you said, sometimes you think too much about a name, and a name is just a name. A name is a name. Yeah. I mean, what do you think Metallica means? Right, right. At the time, it didn't mean shit. Now, it's it means something, but it's because the music has made and it. That's the thing. It's funny because it, it, for our show, it's like constantly, constantly people chanting Fozzie. Right. And for people thought, well, that's a dumb name, maybe, but it's the easiest it's very name to chant. <laughs> and if you see any show, all show, I post videos, Fozzie, Fozzie. People just like to hear their own voice sometimes. I'm, yeah, dude. And it's like, all right, well, there you go. That's the name. There you go. You know? So that, that's that's a smart way to look at exactly. it. Exactly. The name know? doesn't make you. You make the name. Good point. Good Absolutely. point. But now with, with Hydrograd and then the record before with the House of, uh, House of Golden Bones. Yeah. House of Golden Bones. Stone Sour is becoming a legit headlining. You're headlining the festival here tonight. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's become a, a, almost as big as Slipknot in a lot of ways. It's pretty crazy, yeah, on its, on its own right, you know. And we've always made sure that we've done everything on our own. You know, we've never played Slipknot songs. Right. We have never, like, I remember when we, uh, when, I think when we put it out, Come Whatever May, they wanted to use the, you know, they put the, the sticker on the front and it's like featuring, you know, Jim and Corey mm. Taylor from blah, 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 blah. And I'd, I'd made them take it off of the first album. And then they tried to do it again on Come Whatever May. And they wanted to use the Slipknot logo. And it's like, you put that sticker on it, I'm quitting and you will never get a drop of work out of me ever again mm-hmm. and they didn't like they took the logo off they still put a hint of Slipknot on there but I hate that shit featuring Chris Jericho from yeah. WB it's like, it's like not. god damn it just it's, stop it's, it's a, a band f- exactly yeah. and, it's, and it's disrespectful to the other guys in the band by f- trying to trade on that kind of bullshit the fans too it makes you look like you're trying to like exactly you know you, yeah. yeah it's just it, it, so it takes time you know how it is man it takes time to f- work on your own uh own merits, yes, own reputation. Own merits, yeah. absolutely. So it's taken a long time, man. You know, it's 15 years since the first album came out with Stone long Sour. Long yeah, long. it's crazy. 
and uh, and it's just got it's gotten bigger and bigger every time. So it's, I can't think of another guy. Uh, there might be somebody that's in two really huge bands. The, vo- the singer of both. The only the only one, one I can really think of is maybe Maynard. Oh, okay, there you Purpose go. Purpose Circle. Circle and Tool. Yeah, but he also, you know, he does he does Pussifer and stuff like that. Good like, point. I mean, that's about that's, that's the only one, it. maybe. Yeah, but I, it's you know, it, it's it's crazy, man. It takes it takes time, it takes work, and it takes respect, and it takes respect for both projects, you know, and never letting one bleed into the other. And uh, you know, when you're younger, you don't really give a shit, but then as you get older, you really tend you, you really put a lot of emphasis on it, you know. How was that for the guys in both respective bands when you have to go from one to the other? Oh, Miles. There's another one. Miles yeah, with Slash. Nice, yeah, and Miles ab- with, absolutely. With Bridge. Yeah. But how was that for the guys in Slipknot or the guys in Stone Sour when you're doing the other? Luckily, both bands are loaded with talented people, you know, so they, you know, they go off, they do their own thing. Like Clown, I'm, I'm kicking him in the ass right now to do another movie because he is so good, man. Officer Down is so good. That it's criminal that he hasn't, he doesn't just have another project right now, um, and I know he wants to do it. So I'm really pushing him to do that. But everybody else in the band kind of has their own thing, you know. And it's the same with you know Stone Sour. Um, Roy goes out and tours with other bands if he gets bored and shit. He doesn't really have to because he does a lot of uh, like soundtrack work and shit. Okay, like he gotcha. scores like commercials and does he does stuff from like movies. Yeah, it's 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 pretty cool, you know. It's like and that and that. It alleviates so much pressure that you maybe is on you because nine times out of ten you do all the work and you never want to feel like A, you're taking more credit than you need and B, that you're getting too much attention because it takes away from other people. And sometimes that can naturally happen if you have two different projects, you know, because people will let that kind of build up and be like, well, you know, he's off doing his other shit. Right, 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 yeah. So it's a, it's a balancing act. And, and luckily, I'm with good dudes in both bands, and we just kind of do our thing, you know. It's been cool and Slipknot now with the new guys, new bass player, new drummer. Yeah, man. It's, everything's working Yeah, great. yeah. They're, they're, you know, I mean, Jay's doing, you know, a lot of clinic shit. He's doing a lot of stuff. Uh, V-Man's doing some stuff in England right now. Um, Do you know that V-Man was our tech for a couple tours? It's crazy, right? When, he, when I first <laughs> saw the release of like the new guy, I saw that tattoo yep. on his hand, and yeah. I was like, is that V-Man? That's I think I might have even asked you, like, don't say anything if yeah. you can't, but is that V-Man? You're like, yes, but don't say anything. Like, ah, good yeah, for right? him. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty rad, man. And he's such a good dude, you know? Like, yeah, oh, yeah. Both those dudes yeah. are so solid and cool. It's it's really a it's it's a great new energy that's come out of it, you know. Now for a, for a while, Jim was in in Stone Sour as well. Yeah, how yeah. was that a tough transition? You had to like, why did you have to make the split there? I mean, it was tough when we made the split. Yeah. Um, just it, it's just you know too similar. Well, no, just uh, Jim, Jim just wasn't happy, gotcha. you know. And unfortunately, we kind of had to pull the trigger on it, and we just because you just you know sometimes you just know, you know. Um, and it was difficult and, and awkward a lot of at ways, first, I'm sure. Kind of, and it's kind of still is. Oh, okay. Um, and it's you know, and I and I respect you know, I try to respect him as much as possible. But you know, it's I think I feel like it's worked out for both of us. You know, because he was always much more happy in Slipknot, and we're actually you know we're actually it's opened us up a lot for for you know for whatever reason. So That's cool. Yeah, That's I mean, cool. and we all you know we all love him and, and wish him nothing but the best and. 
hopefully he feels the same way for us. Do you do like, okay, like, okay, I have a two years with Stone Sour, then two years with Slipknot, or do you just kind of see how far it goes? Kind of like that. I mean, you, you, it's a little of both, actually. You, you, you kind of allot yourself enough time. But then if there's that, there's that weird kind of uh, like gray area where maybe you're working on the Slipknot album, but you've got some opportunities to kind of you know, do some pickup shows. It's, it's a little of both. So you, know, you just kind of, you just try to do it with the eye towards the future. You know, I always try to plan five years ahead and uh, it gets a little loaded sometimes, but it's pretty crazy, <laughs> know, but it works. You know, I, like it's, I've, I've never had anything really get too convoluted. So, you know, I mean, it's, as long as it works, I'll keep doing it. Well, see, and, and you are one of the few guys like me that are always going. Yeah. Yeah. Like you said, because some guys will be off. Okay, I'm taking six months. Like with Shadows, it's like, I don't know how you do it, dude. I'm off for like six months. Now. I yeah. don't want to see or do anything. For me, when I'm off with Fozzie, then I'll go back to WWE. Yeah, like, man. Yeah. WWE back to Fozzie. And in the meantime, we're writing books and we're exactly. doing podcasts yeah. and radio shows and all this other stuff. And that brings me, uh, we're in a race. You know, I, I, my fourth book is coming out, but guess what? So is so yours, mine. Taylor. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and now we're on the same we're on the same label too. I know it's insane. It's Capo, like, yeah. I mean, at some point we're just gonna get a f- timeshare somewhere. It's gonna be. F- <laughs> <laughs> I even said to Ben, who's our editor, I said, Corey and I actually want to write books together. We right, one idea, of, yeah, exactly, we, man. I don't, I saw some kind of something that we could do, some kind of a, a media thing. But I'm glad you brought that up too, because I had forgotten like the, what the the concept was, and I was talking to him about it. I was like, this could be really cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And what like, was our idea? It was like to make talk about debate. Albums yeah, or it was, movies? Yeah, it was, or? A, it, was a, it was a it was a it was a music debate that we would then kind of like you and I would there there would be that that first burst where we would talk about it like you would write your thing then I would write your thing then we would trade it right and then we would react to what yes, we had yes, written yes, yes, exactly yes. so it would be almost like a a point counterpoint on two different yes. like you know like it would be great like it would be really. Cool. And we think we'd do a series. We could do a music one, or like you know, metal, music, rock and roll, music, yeah, movies, exactly. politics. Movie, like, you could do paranormal, so whatever. Exactly, man. Yeah, it'd be really cool. I, yeah. We still we need to. When, we need when to we sell get, him on that. <laughs> when we get a moment's time to exactly, do that. Exactly. Yeah, totally. We're not <laughs> doing a million other things. <laughs> but let's talk about your fourth book that comes out. Uh, August 8th. Mine yeah. comes out August 29th. Ah. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> they probably planned it that way. <laughs> and what's the new one called? Yeah, it's called America 51, which kind of, you know, say it sells itself at this point. <laughs> okay, point. right. Uh, so you're kind of going on the Area 51? Kind of, yeah. I mean, because it started out words. completely different, man. It, it started out... Very much like like way more positive. It was essentially going to be my love letter to America because you know how it is. You, we we tour a lot. We see a lot of different places. We meet a lot of different people, and America does. It, America gets a bad rap sometimes, and this was going to be me going. Guess what? There are all of these amazing places, these amazing people, these amazing stories from like it was going to be very regionally centric and like talk about different things and. And just all the shit that I've gotten to see, you know, I've had the pleasure of seeing, you know, and some of the stuff that makes me proud to be an American sometimes. <laughs> and, uh, and then all hell broke loose. <laughs> and I just kind of, and right up until the election, man, I, right after the election, I went in, I pulled my computer out and I just highlighted everything and went delete. And wow. I, had, I started from scratch. You deleted all the plans. I deleted you had. all of it. Wow. I deleted everything that I can written because Why? I was like, because I, it it suddenly wasn't the f- book that I wanted to write. It wasn't the story that I wanted to tell. I may still tell that someday, 
but I was so incensed by everything, not just by Trump or the angry Cheeto. Um, I was, <laughs> him. I was, I was pissed off at the right and the left because it was such a shit show and it was so shabby what had happened that I felt compelled to, to really kind of stand in the middle and basically let everyone have it because whether anyone in office or on the outskirts or doing the news circuit wants to admit is that the majority of Americans are in the middle. They are primarily fiscally conservative and yet socially liberal. And I believe that. I believe that. There there are fringe people, but the middle, the majority of Americans are like that. And the fact that the extremists are screaming over the tops of our heads right now and doing the talking for us is really fucking pissing me off. So this is me standing in the middle, trying to get everyone to come to the middle and stop screaming from the outside and talk on the inside and realize that we have more in common than we would like to admit. Mm -hmm. That's the only way we will compromise. That is the only way we will talk. And that is the only way we will make changes. Mm -hmm. But we have to talk. Now, it's an angry book. It's going to piss. Ben told me it was the most angry I've ever been. It's the angriest book I've ever written. I was like, oh, I've had some anger. The last one you were angry, Ugh. the guy with the cheese. This one's brutal, yeah. <laughs> In the oh, airport. Oh, shit, right? Oh, that, oh, that fuck. Oh. What was the last book called again? It had a great title. You're making me hate you. Right, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Which is just the preliminary to you're making me hate you too. Oh, wow, yeah. So that's going to be the next one probably. But uh, yeah, this one is, and it's going to piss people off. It's going to piss people off on both sides, and I don't care. I really don't because I'm so over the petulant rhetoric that I, I'm, I'm tired of it, you know, whether it's people screaming fake news or Nazi or just, it's so blatantly reactionary that no one's making any sense. And I can't take it. I, I, I don't want my kids to grow up in a, in a country like that, mm-hmm. you know, um, especially with all the shit that's going on, whether it's the left attacking people who they think are conservatives or conservatives attacking people on the right it's it's just it's it's amazing don't you find that most of the time it's the extremists that are basically talking is that was your basically your point exactly was, they're talking for the for the majority of the country yeah because those people aren't really saying either way yeah so what and this is me trying to get them to speak up and, and stand up and go you know what you're right we can't let these people on both sides speak for okay us. so how do you write a whole book just on that mission statement um, basically I, I kind of set, yeah, I mean, the, you know, chapters are, the, the chapters are a little different. It talks about, there's, there's a, there's a chapter kind of giving a brief essay about what the, the, the new GOP, where that came from. It's, it's called how Ray, how Ronald Reagan saved Christmas. And, uh, <laughs> so weird. Um, and it just kind of talks about how the GOP kind of came to be what it is now and how it's gotten so far from Reagan's message which was very inclusive um more traditional and yet very inclusive ronald reagan wouldn't let any of this shit go on he would have in a lot of ways yeah. ronald reagan might be the best president of our lifetime he, in a, so in a way in a, in a way. way not fiscally definitely right. not fiscally but definitely from the standpoint of uh, a show of strength yes. character attitude power exactly. uh, yeah he knew how to talk to he knew how to compromise 
Chris Matthews wrote a book where because he was uh, chief of staff for Tip O'Neill. Okay. He wrote a book about Reagan's and Tip's uh, relationship and how that couldn't work today because of the extremism, you know, where it was the, the art of the compromise, you know. Uh, George Will Tip, always called what, what, what it. What was Tip? Tip O'Neill was the uh, he was the Democratic uh, majority leader. Gotcha. Yeah, I know his name. In Congress. Exactly yeah, like was, he was right. really. So Reagan good, would strong. have to compromise exactly. with him to get shit done. Yeah. Exactly. Very much what's going on. What was going on with Obama because there was a Republican majority in Congress, I and then but but because everyone is so reactionary and extreme there's there was no compromise everybody just wants to filibuster now nobody wants to talk you know so there's a little bit about that uh, a little bit about um uh the democratic party talking about hillary and and stuff like that and why people kind of turned up why people turned on her like the way they did even though she got the majority vote why do you that one why do you think people turned on her i think they just didn't like her personality agreed you know i I think it was as simple as that everyone wants to talk about benghazi or bill or all this bullshit the emails christ shove that shit up your Ass. Are you kidding me? There are 50 million emails still missing from the George W. Bush administration. You think 10,000 are going to make a f- difference? Right. Kiss my white ass. Um, <laughs> the look on your face right now is the best. So, I'm just so disgusted. Like people- but see, what happened with Hillary, though, and I think, and like, I'm, I'm not a political debater either way. Yeah. Um, I just found that she's the type of person that I would not want to hang out with. Yeah, you know, there, she, a, there was a coldness. Yeah, like there old lady, no I'd throw crab apples at her house if I exactly. was twelve. You know, yeah, old, exactly. old lady like, Clinton's coming out here to yell at us, and it tells you how f- bad Trump is that she still got the majority vote. Yes, that's <laughs> it another. All came down to, I think it was twenty thousand votes. That's all he had to get the electorate. That's, that's insane. all he got. You know, that to win close. That. Right? that was it. Yeah, totally. And it, and it only came down to those three states. That's all. That's all it took for him to swing that. Wow. He's not going to get it next time. I tell you that. Well, I mean, the thing is about this too, and this is the first time, and I've been saying this for a while. This now changes politics for the for the rest of time. Yeah. Because basically, Trump got in from the celebrity factor. Yep. No previous experience. None. Nothing. And it's showing. You know. I mean, yeah. and Obama didn't really have experience either, but he was a rock star in comparison. He was, well, he was. At, he at least had served in Congress. He had. He had you a little. Yeah, exactly. He had a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. But he Trump had way more than Trump. Did. But so now you're talking about okay. Uh, I think Kanye said he'll run for president. The Rock is talking about yep. it now. Yeah. You are going to see presidents get in just because of their popularity, their Q rating, yeah. and not because of their policies. Yeah. And see, the Trump. Here's where Trump up, and I talk about this in the book. If he had surrounded himself with people who actually knew what they were doing, yes. this would be a whole different thing. But yeah. he is such a nepotistic. Narcissist. He's a billionaire. Yeah, he doesn't He's, give a f- about anything but the bottom line. How am I? He wants to privatize everything because he know he knows he can probably turn a profit from it. Does it? He turned the G summit. I don't remember what the number it is, like G twenty or whatever. He turned that f- summit into how he can't open enough f- golf courses in <laughs> Europe. And now the German Chancellor today just said we cannot trust the u.s as an ally anymore just said it to people in the eu wow what the fuck is happening oh my god if you're not embarrassed as an american then you don't 
know what the hell's going well, on. Well, the thing is, it's, it's, it's like, and you have to understand this. It's like the parable of, you know, a guy picks up a snake and the snake bites him. And it's like, yeah. why did you bite me? I'm a snake. I'm a f***ing snake. Why, why are you, anyone surprised how Trump is that? He's a billionaire. Ask he's, anyone from New York. He's a self-made billionaire. It'd be, like, they, it'd, be like yeah. if, it'd be like if Vince McMahon was the president, he right. would do whatever the hell he wants to do. Why not? But I tell you what, at least Vince would be smart enough to put the right people where they need Agreed. to go. Agreed, yeah. But then I don't know why Trump didn't do that. You because know? he doesn't give a f- about yeah. it. Here's the, here's the thing. I am so certain that the only reason that Trump ran for president is because uh, the Celebrity Apprentice wasn't number one in the ratings. Mm. I, I, I am so f- convinced of that. Because he was reminded of it and beat over the head with it. And he is just that guy that would hold a f- grudge, and that's all he wanted to do. That's why he tweets the way he does. That's oh why God. he acts the way he does. That's why he puts people who are not qualified to do I shit. I love the Arnold Schwarzenegger-Trump tweeting yep. battle. That was amazing. It's like I am laughing so hard at both of them. Yeah, who so gives a shit? You're right. <laughs> Both of them are just like, hey, Trump, why don't you look at your ratings? Like, hey, Schwarzenegger, you destroyed the apprentice. It's like, you're the president. You shouldn't be tweeting. You're all Schwarzenegger. Exactly. What do you care? Well, who, do you, who gives a shit? <laughs> I know. Christ. Oh, my gosh. It reminds me of that old Eddie Murphy routine. I think it was on Raw that we all used to listen to. Remember that little cassette that we oh, yeah, had? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Where it's like talking about Jesse Jackson running for president. Oh, yeah. Hey, man, I voted for Jesse Jackson. He f- one? One? Yeah. <laughs> That's exactly. I voted for Trump. He won? He what? won? You know? Yeah. I, I remember uh, in 1992, Doug Henning ran for the Prime Minister of Canada. Doug Henning was a famous magician. Okay. And uh, he had a, a mustache and a really big overbite, and he had, like, Malcolm Young hair. Oh, shit. And he wore, like, a like a evil Knievel jumpsuit. Okay. I he, think I... My, he was a really famous like Tonight Show level yeah, magician. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I saw him on. He said, "If I can make an elephant disappear, I can make the deficit disappear too." Voted for him. Boom. Didn't win, <laughs> but I was like, "There you go." That's <laughs> amazing. <laughs> so this would be like if Doug Henning became the right? prime minister of Jesus Canada. Jesus Christ. <laughs> so, but I love the fact that you're writing about this, and you have now three really good books. You're you're a great writer. Thank you. Uh, I say that from 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 experience of reading your books and also knowing how hard it is to write a book. Yeah. Are you basically just taking your computer out on the road uh, in yeah. a dressing room yeah. like oh, today? Yeah. Just bu- busting it out? I work on the road. I work, uh, I was actually, while we were making Hydrograd, I was writing while we were in the studio, you know, just sitting on the couch, you know, because we co-produced it with Jay. And so we, I'd be listening to takes and writing, you know. There's, that's one of the reasons why there's no political anything on the album. It's all in the book. <laughs> I saved all Which that is okay, yeah. vitriol and crazy shit for the f- book. Yeah, let Bono write the political songs. Exactly, you just yeah. write the fun ones. I wrote, I wrote one political song. Uh, it was actually the title track for "Come Whatever May," and that was it. That's all I needed to f- say because people are like, "How did you know?" I was like, "Well, we had W at the time. I mean, that's why I wrote that song." Yeah. So and f- it's. I never thought there would be a fucking president that would make me long for the days of George W. Bush. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> right. It takes a lot to make him like his make his presidency likable, man. Good God. Just as we wind down a couple last things, I want to talk to you about the uh, the fabulous video. Yeah. Which is 
genius because we, we put out this Judas video about the same time you guys is and ours was like I was so excited because it's so artsy and it was one take and we filmed it yeah. at half speed it's so, badass thanks dude, dude. It's but it's like cool. it, and then at the same time yours comes out and so I'm like okay cool and he starts backstage I'm like okay Corey's just doing the, the typical on stage <laughs> band and then <laughs> Here's the reveal. And I was like, now that's my boy. That's yeah. that's the guy I love right there. And I knew there had to be something coming with the wacky. <laughs> the wake inflatable wavy, tube men. Yeah. Tube men. The, the, the Bailey guys. The, oh, yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. The Bailey buddies. <laughs> the Bailey buddies. I had no fun. I'd forgotten all about that. That she has. So, that. Yeah. so here's the thing. We've had, we had that f-ing idea like seven years ago. We were going to do it for the digital video. Um, that we ended up doing, and we just did, uh, we just couldn't get Roadrunner behind it at the time. Roy had this video; like, this is his baby for like seven the years. The audience is all yeah, man. People, yeah. He was like, "Wouldn't it be f- great?" Like originally, we were gonna we wanted to shoot it out at like Burning Man or something, and just make this. <laughs> it, it was gonna be amazing, and we just you know we we held on to it, and we couldn't really do it in the House of Golden Bones because it told the story. But as soon as we were working on. We were started talking about videos for this one. We were like, "Dude, Roy, this is finally we can do the Tube Men video." He was like, "Yes!" And <laughs> we called our buddy Paul Brown, who you know we had talked to seven years before. He was going to do it then, and he was like, "I still remember exactly what I want to do, how to get it done, and all this shit." And dude, it was just a blast, dude. If you could have seen the fans just laughing their tits off while we were making this video we're out there like, losing our minds uh, and it, then to see it all put together it was so gratifying how many, man how many of them was there? there was only like 12 oh really yeah man there was only 12 i mean that just tells you how good it's shot it looks is. like there's hundreds of and, them right exactly and i mean it's the same with the fans man there were only 50 fans there okay. and he was able to really put it together you can't tell like it looks so good yeah. and the way he shot it and the way he put it together dude everyone even the everybody on the crew they, we were just having such a blast that day it was just uh it's it's probably that and song three are like my two favorite videos that we've done like yeah. really song good three is great too yeah damn man. Did you get the why did you call it song three song number three it's 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 called song number three for a lot of reasons actually um and it's at and they're one of the reasons why it's called song number three is because I demoed it. It's made up of two different songs. One of which, like the verse and kind of pre-chorus is from one song that I wrote years ago. And then the chorus is from like something that I wrote about eight years ago and I could never finish them. And then I just said, well, it. And I just stuck the two together and it's like, you had song number one, song number two, here's song Song number number three. three. Yeah. Yeah. So that and that's you're the only one I've ever told that. So oh, that's cool. going out. This is an exclusive on the podcast. <laughs> nice, nice. So, yeah. So, but there's a couple other reasons. Um, you know that that's uh, it's called that. Like third time's a charm kind of vibe, where you know just kind of working, trying to you know write that perfect song about that that kind of that passion that comes from like real love. You know, because everybody writes about love like it's a f-ing movie these days, and it's like man, f- all that shit. This is about the real shit. You know. So that's kind of that vibe as well, you know. Yeah, that's really cool. I, yeah. I like I like song titles like that because there's always a story behind exactly. it. Exactly. Yeah. Know, you know. Uh, let's just talk uh, as we almost finish here about Chris Cornell. Uh, yeah. yeah. Had a, a great, uh, great little clip of tribute. Kind of broke down at the end. Were you friends with Chris? Did you know him? I had met him. I mean, we weren't friends, but okay. we were acquaintances. Seen him you around know? at yeah, festivals yeah, and man. stuff. Yeah. He's such a. F- 
nice guy. Like, just this a sweet, uh, just a shy guy, just soft-spoken, you know, an amazing singer. I didn't, it wasn't, and in, in this, I'm, I feel horrible about this. It wasn't until he passed that I really realized what a big impact he had had on me as a songwriter. I mean, because... As a songwriter. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he wrote whatever the f*** he wanted, man. And that, I mean, whether it was, you know, the shit from like uh like the like the heavy shit from from Soundgarden like from Bad Motorfinger like Slaves and Bulldozers or the really amazingly beautiful shit from like like the single soundtrack like Seasons mm-hmm. which is such a gorgeous song was it the dancey stuff he had on his solo yeah, record man. that he got shit for you yeah, know? We, yeah and and you know what F- you he did it he did it because he wanted to you know I didn't realize what an influence that, that that was on me until I really put it in perspective. And I was like, holy shit. Like, he was kind of like, he was the dude I looked up to because he didn't give a fuck, man. He wrote what he wanted to fucking write. And I was like, I never got to tell him that. And that is going to be a regret for me, like, for a long time. Um, yeah, and it's, uh, it's, a, it's a goddamn shame. Uh, when grunge whatever that even means nowadays but when it became popular i was such a metal guy yeah maiden priest you know metallica scorpions ozzy i was so reticent and so hesitating to get into grunge didn't want to have anything to do with it except for Soundgarden. yeah because his voice was so powerful he still looked like a rocker he looked metal and uh so i always had that that little kindership with, with Soundgarden. and then the fact that he was also andrew wood's roommate yeah and i'm a huge mother love bone fan as well yeah you know and you look at we talked about this Andrew Wood, Chris Cornell, yeah. Cobain, uh, 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 STP, uh, Wyland, uh, Wyland, yeah, you know, and, um, and Lane, you know, it's Lane crazy. Staley, all those guys gone. Even in a way, Shannon Hoon, right? You know, like, like what a dark world they must have lived in for all those guys to suffer basically the same yeah, fate. Man, you know what I, I mean? I, I just it 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 makes you it makes your heart hurt because yeah. you just wish because you're such a fan you just wish there could have been something that you could have done you know and i i mean with chris man uh you know we I, it's it's a goddamn shame because you could tell that he was fighting those demons and and he fought them as hard as he could and god i i just wish I could have done something like somebody could have done something. You just never know, though. I you mean, just never like, know. You really do. Robin Williams. Yeah. You know. I mean, absolutely. I. That's why. It's one of the reasons why I do so much work with, like you know, like charities like You Rock Foundation. I, I do as much as I can to raise awareness and to make people feel like they're not alone because that's really where it comes down to is that that last bit of hope that. There's someone who can empathize and someone who can, who can feel the way that you feel. And I, and I put it out there constantly. It's like, don't give up. Please don't give up. You know, it's important to know that you're not alone. Like these, these, these feelings are overwhelming, but they're not unique. We all feel them and we're all trying to be there for each other. Cause I battle depression. Just, uh, as, you mentioned well. that earlier. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've dealt with it my whole life. Because I know me, I don't take medication for it because I have addictive, you know, mm-hmm. tendencies. And so it's hard for me. I battle it with vitamins. I battle it with exercise. I battle But I still succumb to it every once in a while. And, you know, I, I go through bouts of 
that debilitating physical depression, you know, and it's hard, you know, even with therapy, even with this and that. But I keep going because I know that there are people who can empathize, people who can, they can relate, they can, they know. So I have, I have a network of friends, uh, peers. I'm lucky. Some people don't have that. So I try to put that message out there, you know. Let's talk a little bit uh, uh, about you. We're going to bleed over now. We're, we're doing Talk is Jericho. Then we're going to go do, we're do a series show. of bleeps. Yeah, a series man. of bleeps. Let's talk a little bit about that before we finish up and yeah, tell me about yeah. this because it's really cool to me that you have, once again, yeah, your man, own radio show too. <laughs> it's almost like I'm, I'm chasing you. I know. You Jericho know? and like, Taylor were doing each other's kids. Jericho, you're my high watermark. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> no, I got, you know, I, a, a good friend of mine, Zane Lowe, he worked for, uh, you know, BBC Radio 1. I uh, did a lot of work over in in, uh, in uh, the UK. Uh, he got hired by Apple Music to put together this radio station, Beats One, you know. And uh, he, you know, he said one of the th- one of the people who I really wanted to get a radio show for was you. And he's like, I just love the way you talk. I love the way your mind works. He's like, I want you to play music, but I want you to talk. And I'm like, oh, f- really? All right. <laughs> So we had a, sh- you know, we came up with the show, the concept, and it be- it's this, it's the the title comes from the fact that it's censored, and I said, you realize it's just going to be a series of bleeps, <laughs> and we wrote it on the wall like that's the f- name, and so it's a series. I've of been bleeps thinking that for, during this show yeah. too, yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, sorry, uh, I tend to just kind of go. But yeah, so it's, uh, yeah, man, they give me, uh, I, I got an hour every Sunday, uh, 4 p.m. Pacific time. They moved me. I'm, I'm on a rock block now with uh, Lars. <laughs> Lars, Lars yeah, too, yeah, he's got a show. And so I'm, I don't know if he's my leader or I'm his, but yeah, we're like the, the Sunday rock block. So it's online or is it an app? Or, um... It's on, uh, if you have iTunes on your phone, okay. you, can, you can look up Apple Radio and then you oh, go to Beats I 1 see. and then... And the cool thing is, is that it will air live, but then you can listen to it again, and you can get rid of me and just look at the playlist oh, that okay. I played, which That's is cool. really, really cool, you know? Yeah. So I, I try to play a lot of stuff that influences me, or just music that I'm into, and I try to play a lot of newer stuff, you know, and really kind of, you know, share with the audience, like, what I'm listening to lately, and... and uh it's pretty cool, and I just kind of build a show around. You have a the theme. theme every yeah, every show has a theme. Like ours is going to be uh, underappreciated influences, mm-hmm. which is cool, you know. Like so, really, kind of get to the 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 meat of our influences, you know. I just I just thought of a new one that that I'm going to f- play on the show. Which <laughs> there you is, go. Uh, fast way. Like, oh, not nice. a lot of people give a lot no, of credit no. to fast way, man. So we have to play. say what you will. Yeah, exactly. Man, that man. that'll be the song. Do you we'll know play that the too. singer of Fast Way is now the singer of Flogging Molly? Yeah, and has I, been. I just found that out it's like insane. six months ago. I was like, wow, good for him, right? Yeah, it's, and it's so night and day. You're just oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like Irish really? folk rock to so good, yeah. and that's I mean that's my people. So it's yeah. like they Flogging Molly and Dropkick Murphys, man. Like <laughs> totally. when I when I used to drink, I would put those on and we would just skank around my house it was so <laughs> stupid I was like, ah, yeah. and so we drink good. and we fight and we fight and we drink and we drink and we fight and we fight exactly <laughs> well cool man uh, uh what's your favorite song on hydrograd oh man right now today yeah right um, this minute rose red violent blue this song is dumb and so am i it was a very long time. I'll play it for you, but it's <laughs> it's my favorite. Yeah, it's it's one of the coolest songs I've ever written, and it's one of the coolest songs that this band has ever really taken and really done. Yeah. It's a f- 
step. It's going to be a single, um, but it's so not a single. Like it's really f- cool, but I'll play it for you. Great, it's it's pretty dope. Well, dude, always a pleasure to have you on. No worries, man. Thanks for having me. Frank and Chicken, he's a bad mother clucker. <laughs> Let's do your show. Yes. Thanks again to Corey Taylor. What a great dude. Always great hanging with him. Uh, always great talking to him. I did his show as well, uh, a series of bleeps, which is on uh, Apple Music. It's a great uh, radio show. Go check that out as we talked about. And also go pre-order both of our books. His is called America 51, Dealing with the State of America Today. Of course, mine is called No is a Four-Letter Word. Get your pre-orders in at my Amazon, uh, at Amazon. No is a Four-Letter Word on Amazon.com. And while you're ordering uh, the books, you should probably go ahead and order the new Stone Sour record, Hydrograd. Uh, we found out how they came up with that awesome title. And speaking of awesome, how about you lend my uh, lend an ear to the Team Tiger? Kind of awesome. It's time for some more hilarious antics from the TTA crew. We've got another buddy with visible head drama. Corner of Wabash and Fraterno. Must be Monday. Two hard-edged detectives will chase a stack of bodies. Hendrix, what can you tell me about the murder victim? Is it is is that a murderer? With the help of their freewheeling crime scene investigator to find a trail of corruption. I call it Juice Plus. The plus means booze. Can you take off your sunglasses? This is a lab. The murder victim. What can you tell us? I mean, I wouldn't kick her out of bed. Jesus. I mean, that's how she died, being kicked. Who wants shots? Please don't breathe your party fumes in my face. This fall, stay tuned to CBS and keep your eyes on the ball to more PD. To find out more, listen to the Team Tiger Awesome Show every Sunday on the Jericho Network and Podcast One. That's it. Team Tiger Awesome's got you covered on laughs and news. Everything you need to know in this lifetime every Sunday on the Jericho Network and Podcast One. Go subscribe at Apple Podcasts. Be sure to leave a five-star rating and review to all of the fine shows on the Jericho Network. Rock Talk with Mitch LaFon. New episodes every Monday. Killing the Town with Storm and Cyrus. New episodes every Tuesday. The Raven Effect. New episodes every Monday. Flagship show. Keep it at 100 with Conan on Thursdays. Beyond the Darkness. Talking all things paranormal. Five days a week. Monday through Friday. And if you haven't subscribed to the latest podcast from Beyond the Darkness, get to Patreon.com. Sign up for True Crime Tuesdays. It's ad-free. No commercials. Just five bucks a month. New episodes every Tuesday. That's at patreon.com okay and there's still some tickets left from my upcoming words of jericho show in my hometown of winnipeg with special guests lance storm and cyrus that's august 25th at the club uh, regent event center tickets available at ticketmaster also head over to fozzyrock.com for all the tickets on the judas rising tour of uh, the european uh, leg that starts october 27th in birmingham england goes through england scotland ireland and we're going to head over to austria uh, austria Italy, Germany, Belgium, Switzerland. Go check that out on FozzyRock.com and get your VIP uh, uh, tickets as well where we're going to play a mini concert for you. Have a lot of fun rock and roll with you. Thanks again to you. Thanks again to all of our sponsors. Don't forget to click on the Killer Deals button at the top of the page on PodcastOne.com and go to Talk is Jericho to find all the great sponsors including DDPYoga.com slash Jericho. Get 20% off the DDP Yoga app and all DDPY related merch. Little Caesars get the extra most bestest pizza all day every day at participating locations and alone watch new episodes on thursdays at 10 a eastern 9 central on history keep listening now for the 60 second ap news headlines coming up next and on friday 
We got the story of Stampede Wrestling with Ross Hart uh, on the uh, eve of the passing of Smith Hart. Go back and talk all things Stampede Wrestling, the entire history of one of the greatest uh, local wrestling companies of all time. So we will see you then. Hope you had a great 4th of July. Uh, stay cool, stay hard, stay hungry. In the meantime and in between time, yeah, boy. See you soon. Listen to new episodes of Talk is Jericho every Wednesday and Friday on the Podcast One app or subscribe at Apple Podcasts or PodcastOne.com.